Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenistas podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Oh, Welcome to the second part of the dating and relationships episode of the Ebenistas podcast. We had so much to share with you guys that we had to do a two-part series so we can continue to talk about what dating looks like in this modern age. Okay. I think what happens is with online dating, like you've described a couple times, there are dating disasters. And I think those are some of the funniest things that happen to people. <laughs> some of the most tragic. And I have a couple, I think I told you about this. I can't remember if I did, but it was a guy I was seeing for a few months. And one night he took me like out to a show to like a local show. And when I say show, it's some um, music, it's bands and stuff like that playing um, in our area. We lived in Miami at the time and we were driving. And if anyone has ever driven in Miami, traffic is horrible. People drive like maniacs. They're cutting in front of people. They speed like, like nobody's business. And so before he'd shown signs that he was kind of a jerk. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Sometimes I like jerks. Like most people, I don't know. Most girls, I think sometimes <laughs> like girls in some kind of way. It's weird. Yeah. But it was, it's a, it's a weird thing that we do. Right. But I could always hold my own. That was a big thing. And that I think that's what happened with him. Is that why he like, me is because I could hold my own with him. But anyway, so we're driving to this venue and I just got into a car accident a few months beforehand and I still had like a little bit of PTSD from it and he's driving really fast and I got nervous and I asked him really nicely can you please slow down and so he decided that he was going to feed like a demon and Aww. taught me basically and from there on the night got worse I won't go into too many details but at one point he tried me in front of a bunch of his friends and it did not go down the way he thought it would I walked away and I was like you're not doing this this is ridiculous and so by the end of the show the, the show was over we got in the car and he's like well you know we're all gonna go to this place to eat get some food and I was like you need to take me home right now and he was like are you mad I was like of course I'm mad and you need to take me home right now like we're not doing this anymore like I'm done and so we get to my house in the parking lot and I looked at him and I mean you're talking about I think we were talking for like a year or something and I looked at him and I was like we're done I was like you showed your ass tonight and I was like I'm not doing this and he all of a sudden became like oh no like I think I got nervous and you know all these things <laughs> and I'm just not used to feeling this way blah, blah, yeah. blah. and all of a sudden he was like I think I love you and I was like well, yeah. that sucks for you. I'm going <laughs> to go now. Over. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, good job showing me that. And I think if that hadn't happened, he maybe would have had a chance. But it happens and he acted like an idiot. So I was like, bye, bitch. So that was my bye, one. Bye, bye. But, you know, so hopefully I, um, I never, you know, most of my exes, I, I hope they burn in fire. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope it's been many, many years. I hope you're happy. All that fun shit. I'm happy. Yeah, so. all, okay. that, all that stuff you should say, but don't mean yeah. right now. <laughs> Look at my face. You guys can't see my face, but she can. Like it's no fucks given. That's what's happening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so my, I have quite a few dating disasters. I'll just try to give like a, a handful and just be done. I love. Can we just hold on? I just need to give praise to Doreen. <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah, and one of the things is that Doreen holds her own through so much. But your dating stuff, I live Oof, for. It. I live epic. for. It. Literally, epic every time that like we talked, I used. I mean, through the years, sometimes like we wouldn't talk for months, and all of a sudden, like we'd be like, "Hey, like, let's catch up, whatever." I'd be like hold the phone. Don't ask how I'm doing. I need to know what's going on with what's you. What's the latest that has happened? 
It's, Give me my soap opera. I think it's because I'm such an open, inviting person that I invite a lot of crazy. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So one guy, when I, when I was living in Denver, we met online and there were a couple red flags. Like he wore like hazel contacts Mm-mm. and I was like, Wait, how old were you guys? Wait, hold on. Like, what age? We were like in our late twenties. Okay, that's wrong. You don't wear contacts like that anymore. Past that. Yeah. Early twenties. But he was really silly and funny and whatever. And he would always come over and visit me on my off-campus housing apartment, little dorm area. (laughs) And and we would always hang out. We'd watch movies. We'd listen to music. You know that kind of thing. But we never went anywhere. And Mm -hmm. so I remember him being like, he walked by my closet because I have like an open closet, so it wasn't a door. He walked by my closet one day. It was like you have such nice clothes like to go out. How come you never wear any of this stuff for me? I'm like, to stay in my room? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not dressing up to stay in my room. Like that's, we're not going anywhere. Take me somewhere and I will dress up. And so it just, we weren't, we weren't really going anywhere. And I, I didn't really like him as a yeah. person, but I was like, this is the only guy that I've really met since I've been here. So I was like, oh, I'll try to make it work. But at this point in time, I was just like, mm, it had been a couple months. I just wasn't feeling it. So I was trying to like break things off. We hadn't talked in like a week or two. And then he calls me and he was just like, oh, I'm just really drunk. Is there any way that I could like crash at your place? And I'm like, he's like, it's my birthday. And I was like, oh God. Wait, it was his birthday? Yes. Okay. okay. And so he, I guess he had went out with his friends and and was drinking. Again, no invite for Doreen, but wants to crash at my place because he was Mm -hmm. like, I really just can't make it to 25 minutes home. And so me being a decent human being, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to see him on the news the next day. I was like, fine, you can crash, but that's fine. So he got to the room and actually that night someone had graffitied my door and what? put like some inappropriate sexual innuendo stuff all over my door. No. And I was so upset about it. I, so I, I left him in the room and then I went to go complain to the front desk. When I got back, he was passed out. Great. Okay. Perfect. Good. So I had a really small, narrow twin bed and there was nowhere else to sleep. You remember my room? It was really small Yeah, yeah. and there was nowhere else to sleep. So he still was on one side, I was on the other side and we went to sleep and then the next day I woke up and he, I heard him get up and I just pretended to be asleep because like, didn't want to deal with that. And so he goes to the restroom and then he comes back and again, still pretending to be asleep, but I hear him like pat, 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 pat the bed. Hmm. I'm like, that's weird. Maybe he's looking for his cell phone. So then he like, Hey, I'm about to go home. I was like, okay, yawn and stretch. Great to see you. Have a good night. I'm like, Oh, great. That could have gone a lot worse. I'm glad that he passed out. Like good. And now he's on his way home. So I stretch and I roll over and I'm like, why is the bed wet? And so I smell it. And the man had peed in my bed (laughs) while he was sleeping. And that's what he was patting. I guess he realized that he peed and just like left it there and like said goodbye and left. And like, (laughs) I didn't have a washing machine. So I had to like take all my sheets off the bed and clean it up and then. I was so angry. I think what made it worse was that like a week later, he's like, hey, what's up? We should hang out. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Absolutely <laughs> not. So we have never spoken again. I have just oh completely my God. cut him off. I love that from, story. From that point. It was horrible. I love it. I'm so in love and, with it. And so my, I think one of my biggest issues was that I friend zoned a lot of really great guys. And of course, I regret it now. But Uh at the time, I'm just like, Oh, no, like, I like you. But I'm like, you're like that, you know, sometimes you can make things work. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, but I do regret some of that. And then I had another guy who refused to take me home after our date. 
and he fell asleep on the floor cuddling his dog oh i remember this guy okay did not offer me like a pillow a blanket a place to sleep he just made a pallet on the floor in the living room and went to bed his dog put his arm around him he put his arm around his dog they like stared into each other's eyes and they went to sleep (laughs) and (laughs) are you sure the dog wasn't like there watching you guys it was so weird and so I finally fell asleep on this little like ottoman like love seat, very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Wake up the next day and I was like, So I have to work in like an hour. Can you please take me home? And he was like, Ooh, sorry, I just took a pre-workout and you know, I really gotta hit the gym in like the next hour or else I'm just gonna have a lot of like calories for no reason. So oh my can God. I just drop you off at the train? I'm like, Are you kidding me? This is the worst date ever. <laughs> like Oh my God. It was awful. And he just, yeah, he was just a horrible person. I remember that. I remember those group of people. And I remember that person in particular. And he was Mm. very much so into himself. He wore a lot of Ed Hardy. So like it should have been very evident that he was not a good person. But oh yeah. Thought he was Uh, all that. (laughs) Definitely not it. Mm -mm. And then the other part of dating online, especially in Atlanta, is that guys have this vision of themselves. And maybe women do too, right? Like a guy will introduce himself and be like, oh, like I'm a security guard. I have my own security company or we do private security for people. And it can literally be that his friend had a party and he was just supposed to let people in. And so he's made up this whole scenario. (laughs) Yes. About this, this thing that he's going to do. So I had this, this actually happened. I had a guy who was like, oh, I'm like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a talent manager. I help book like hip hop and rap artists in you know abroad and I was like oh that's really cool so then he starts talking and then he goes yeah I just booked someone in London and then another person in Paris and now I'm trying to book somebody in Europe and I was like Hmm? you you realize that those places are in Europe right Mm -hmm. and he did it and I'm like so (laughs) I I don't know and I was like so what do you do to make money now and he was like Mm -hmm. I mean well I mean technically I I guess I deliver pizza and I was like (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> and it, I was just like, oh, he was my like, God. do you want a 12 inch or <laughs> how would you like your pie? <laughs> how are you a pizza delivery man and also a talent manager? Like it doesn't come yeah. on now. Stop. Stop. <laughs> so that's what you meet. A lot of people who have this image of what they want to be and that's what they want to present to the world because yeah. that's what social media is, right? Yeah. You present that shiny outside layer of what you want everybody to see, not necessarily who you actually are. Yeah. And online dating just amplifies that. It's just this vision instead of a person. You can be dating someone online or, you know, and meet them and really never get to meet them and know them until much later. So, and also like the Netflix and chill versus a real date, you oh, know, no. like a lot of people are like, oh, just come over. We'll just meet and you come over. No, that's not a date. That's mm-hmm. not how you get to know someone. You just mm-hmm. want to like not a first it. date. I imagine. I mean, and this hasn't happened, but I imagine a lot of people do that now for first dates. Come over to my place, and to me, I'm just like that doesn't sit well with me. Can we just meet in public first, especially if you're strangers? Not like, oh, I've known you for some time through some friends, kind of thing. That's different. But if you just met someone, you know, you don't, it doesn't even have to be a fancy date. I'm one of those people that I'm just like. Look, we can go bowling or something. I don't care. Like, let me just talk to you first. And then we can worry about all the fancy stuff later, maybe. And a lot of online daters right now just rush straight from get to know you, make a connection, straight to hooking up. And there's no courtship in between. So that goes completely out of the window. 
And so that to me presents a question, is monogamy an outdated principle? Is it something that can exist now? As a person, you know, you can answer that for me. No, I think there's a place for anyone right now, depending on what you want. I think monogamy works, obviously, with strong commitment to people who are really about each other. They're willing to grow with each other because that's a huge thing, especially when you've gotten married. You change every few years. Literally, your body changes, your mentality changes, your views on the world change. So it's a matter of having a commit with another person and just saying, I'm willing to fight through these changes with you and through these hurdles, whether the horrible thing that happen or even the best things that happen, you know, and I'm going to support you either way. So monogamy, I think is great, but I don't think it's outdated, but I think there's room for a little bit of differences. So like polygamy, I think there's room for that. I don't think personally that I would want that, but there's some people that really believe in it and they truly like, um, what was that show on um, Showtime? Paul, I, Big House, Big something. No, 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 no. I did, I'm going to look it up really while we're talking, but is it Sister Wives? Huh? Sister Wives? No. No, no, no. It was specifically about Big polyamory. Love. Nope. It was literally about polyamory. It came on, yeah, it was just called Polyamory. Um, married and dating on Showtime. And it ran from, looks like, it literally ran for only one year. But it showed people in either um, throuples. And then I saw another couple that, couples, I guess. It was one married couple over here, one married couple over here. And they were just uh, four of them <laughs> all okay. together. And I mean, to each their own, but that sounds like a lot of work. Just trying to keep up with one person and yourself because you are constantly growing yourself. People are, you're constantly looking at yourself and trying to figure out how you're, how you want your life to go and work and kids and all these things. And then you add a third or a fourth. I mean, if you can handle it, knock yourself out, but emotionally and mentally, I think I'd crash. It's a lot. (laughs) Well, and then so that's the thing when you're online dating or you're talking to people online or social media, you may be interested in one person, but there's other like five, six, seven, eight other people that you may also be interested in. And so you kind of have to narrow them down, but then it always leaves that door open where, you know, like if your partner pisses you off, I'll just go back online and I'll just meet Mm -hmm. somebody else who's better or who entertains me more, pays more attention to me. It kind of makes you almost addicted to a level of attention. That's not sustainable. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, that's, I mean, I don't know. Is that a part of like a whole um, narcissism thing where people are just like, I can get whoever I want and I don't have to be beholden to you, but all right, that's, that's really difficult to answer, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like, just, just for the topic of discussion. We don't have yeah. an answer for a lot of this stuff. We're just talking about it. Like, yeah, that's, that's something. I mean, yeah. to say that, I feel like if you're going to be that kind of person and you're just like, look, I really, I love you right now, but I want to leave my options open. Just be honest with that person. I don't think that there's literally one soulmate for a person in the world. I don't think that. I don't, I really don't. I think that, I mean, how many of us are there in the world, right? There's going to be another person somewhere that fits for you. I mean, I love my spouse to the end of time, but the reality is, and it's just the same way as people that get upset when their boyfriend or girlfriend looks at another person that's attractive. Like, this is the reality. The reality is, is that there are millions of, the, of us all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're bound to see someone that you're either physically attracted to or you talk to them by chance. And you're like, oh, maybe in another lifetime, this could have been this, you know. But mm-hmm. it's a matter of committing to that 
one person at the yep. end of the day. I'll give you an example. So my husband is a musician. Plenty of nights that he goes out, he plays shows and blah, blah, blah. So people have asked me, they're like, well, aren't you worried about other girls? And I've seen other girlfriends or wives of the bands that he's been in freak out over other women. And I'm like, why are you freaking out over that? Why are you worried about him talking to someone who probably just likes his music? And even if they do find him attractive, why are you freaking out about it? The whole point is that, is he going to be committed to you? You know, there's no need, right. you know, jealous or anything like that. He's a grown man. I remember hearing that from Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. And she said something about the fact that he's a grown man. He knows what he's doing. If he's going to go out and do something, then he's going to go do it. But he knows what, what you have to come home to at the end of the day. Right. That's my thought process. So speaking of Will and Jada, there was an episode on the Red Table Talk that, they, that, that she does. Yeah. Where she talks about when she first met him, like having to date him, he was still technically married to his first yeah, wife, I think and so. how mm-hmm, and how difficult that was. And he ended up getting divorced, and how difficult it was for them to for her to date someone that had a child, and like still had to deal with this person. And she's like, eventually they actually get along really well now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if something, and again, let's knock on wood, like if something should happen with you and Bill, would you date someone else with children? You you have a child. Would you date another person that has another child? Like, I think that's the reality that of family. Yeah. I think that's the reality of the age group that we're in right now. Past a certain age, the reality is, is that most people have children right now. So what else am I going to do? I'm not going to pretend like I don't have a kid or, you know, I want someone that doesn't have a kid. Like it, it is what it is. I think past a certain age, you have to just realize that they're going to have kids. Most people that you run into past, I don't know what, like 25, 26, most people have kids already, you know, yeah. and you can't be picky about that. I think there's um, a level of acknowledgement that you need to make as far as, are you going to be ready for that? If you're going to date someone that has a kid, are you willing to really get to know that child, not just the person you're dating. I think that's important personally to me. So I actually look at it from a different point of view. I think when you date someone with children, yes, you want to get to know the child, but more importantly, you want to make sure that that person that has a child, because mm-hmm. I don't have kids, let's let's put that out there. I don't have mm-hmm. kids, but I've dated people with children. I would say when dating people with children, it is important to make sure that they have been, they're not together and mm-hmm. they're not occasionally sleeping together. Oh, you mean or, like someone that has kids, but with their um, ex-spouse or ex-girlfriend or something yes, like that? Yes, right. Okay. Like that there are boundaries established that you oh, are yeah. that main person. That there's no like, well, we never really had closure or sometimes it happens, but you know, like you, there has to be like a clear line in the sand. And also when you date someone who is either, who either has children or maybe divorced, they might be so damaged from the whole process that they are not really interested in trying to date anyone again, seriously like that. They don't even want to take that chance. Like, Hey, I already did it. Ready to have a kid. Good. Don't want to do it. I, you know, I've dated someone like that where there was just like a block. Like it was just, Hey, this is it. This is all I can offer nothing else. But having that messy line is weird. I remember a friend in college told me, he's like, you know, I will never stop sleeping with my baby mother. I don't care what, what? Or who she's with. He's like, yeah, she's my baby mother. That means I can have sex with her as much as I want, whenever I want for the rest of my oh. life. I was just like, what's this now like what? and a, a lot of guys feel that way you know you have like this is mine like they he felt like she because she gave birth to his child like that's he owns her yep like not owns her but he basically has the right to have a sexual relationship with her at any point in time in the future if no. that's what he wants or if that's what she wants that is pretty much always on the table forever till the end of time i mean that's different if they both agreed to it i mean do what you got to do but yeah I, 
That's weird. That's intense. Mm. Yeah. And then also you have to deal with trust issues, right? Because when you are dating someone that has a kid and you don't have a kid, they yeah. can always just be like, oh, you know, like I dated a guy in South Florida like years ago mm-hmm. and he would always cancel our dates. And I would have to drive like an hour just to go near where he was. Oh. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't come today or I can't meet you up with you because my daughter, I need to go pick up my daughter. I need to go do this with my daughter. I need to go do this. I'm like, it got to the point where I'm just like, I think you're lying. I think you're just using your daughter as an excuse because it's something that I am not allowed to argue about, yeah. that I can't be like, well, no, I need to come first. Who's going to be like, you need to put your me in front of your kid. That yeah. You're not going to want to do that. You wouldn't want to be with someone who would do that. So uh, some men will use their children as an excuse to get out of either doing something or they want to go mess with someone else or, you know, they need some uninterrupted time. Or women, let's, like, be, let's be honest, or women. Women, sorry, yes. Ooh, ooh, sorry, my bad. Women as well, people par- people who have kids will yeah. use their kids as an excuse to either get time away from their partner or mm-hmm. just to, to maybe hook up with someone else or to cheat or whatever. And sometimes they may genuinely be with their kids, but it can leave a big issue of trust. Like you really yeah. have to trust the person that you're with because you can't babysit them 24-7. Yeah. You know? I don't want to babysit nobody. I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not my job. <laughs> exactly. We also mentioned the fact that right now during the whole quarantine time, the breakups oh, are sky high. <laughs> I don't think my marriage will end <laughs> during this time. <laughs> In fact, we are going good. But yeah, it's wild. But I don't find it surprising at all because the reality is, is that most people, your relationship consists of going to work or going to school you know, having these outside sources away from your, um, your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, and then you come home and you spend a couple hours together and you're like, Oh my God, you're so cute. Oh my God, let's have dinner. Okay. Night, night. And then you do it all over again. Right. So there's not this intense moment where you have to be with each other all the time. Personally for me, I'm going to back up a little bit, but this guy at work, he questioned me because he was like, what do you mean you guys spend time apart? And I was like, we have separate lives. And sometimes I want to watch a movie by myself. And, you know, I have personal projects. He has personal projects. And he was like, no, you guys should always want to be together. And that doesn't make any sense. You guys should want to do everything together. And and I was like, you're a fucking psychopath. (laughs) That to me is too much. Especially personally in my situation, we're what? 10 years in like but we've always been like this we've always been like yo this weekend I really want to focus on this project or that project so I'm going to be over here let's meet up for lunch you know in the living room or something like that and I personally think it's really healthy that we have our own thing going on but it was just so weird to me that somebody was just like no you have and he was older than me too Meanwhile, he also had a baby mom, like an older daughter, like it was a whole thing. And I'm like, I'm not taking relationship advice from anyone, first of all, and especially not from you. You're a crazy person. So, well, I haven't had that many serious relationships, but in the one that I had for this one, I remember him being like, I really don't like the thought of you having fun or doing anything enjoyable without me being there. So if it comes to you going out or something without me, I would rather you say no, unless I can go, you know, even if we had friends where they were my friends, where they kind of became mutual friends. Mm -hmm. He was not a family. He's like, no, they shouldn't be allowed to come over with this guy or girl. Like I could hang out with girls, but like my male friends, 
no, if I'm not home, you're not allowed to have them over. And I'm like, I'm grown though. Like, and so I remember feeling really stifled in that relationship. Just like, I can't do anything. You don't want me to do anything, you know, without you. So how can I possibly have anything to talk about if we're doing every single thing together except for work? So I think that it's actually really healthy to have some boundaries and some separate time. I think it's good. That's how you don't get sick of each other. Oh, yeah. When we first moved to Denver, I think I told you, for both of us, it was kind of starting over. We were trying to find new groups of friends and things like that. And so for Bill, that was easy to do because he got into bands. And when he would say like, oh, like, I want to go out with so-and-so, whatever, I'd be like, bye. (laughs) Like, go. You know, I know it's been so long since, you know, you've, you know, just gone out by yourself and, you know, with friends, whatever. I'm fine with that. Just do what you got to do someone come get him because he needs to go out, you know, or <laughs> vice versa, you know, after work, I would go to happy hour, or whatever. And I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to be home late. I'm going to happy hour. And he'd be like, do you baby have fun and just make sure you get home safe, you know, like, or call me when you're on your way home, something like that. And personally to me, I'm like, that is a really good foundation for just overall, just trust in just letting that person be themselves. Cause then you, you're smothering someone, but some people, I don't know, maybe some people like that, you know, some couples, like being around each other 24 7 you know do you whatever works for every individual couple I don't think there's a one size fits all for being happy in a relationship because you're going to have a lot of differences in what you want to do with your time or what you don't want to do with your time or how you want to do things I mean there's there's a ton so like it works for you guys great I agree I think that that's how I would like it too what are some other differences in relationships that can cause breakups or issues we have a lot of ideas here like we wrote down so much stuff and (laughs) I think one that we should talk about is race. We've talked about it before. I have a lot of experience dating outside of my race. Um, I do not. You do not. And I remember you told me a story about dating, uh, seeing someone, or you went on a date with someone that was outside your race, and you're just like, ah, I don't know how I feel about this. It feels weird. (laughs) (laughs) It was. And I, I just, you know, ultimately what it boiled down to was I didn't like him as a person. So Even on our first date, he was just like, hey, let's meet up here at the Spanish restaurant. But it was a really Spanish restaurant where like no one spoke English, not even the wait staff. I couldn't even order anything because the menu was like, no, this is here in uh, Georgia. And and I was just like, okay, you know, but I was still really positive and just, and then he kind of said hello. And then like, didn't mention the fact that he wore braces, which is so nice, whatever. Um, just a little surprise. And then he spent most of the day on his phone. He kept on looking at sports and then telling me about the sports that he was reading. He's like, oh yeah, the score for this game is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, thank you for sharing something I did not ask or care about. No. Nope. Um, also like, do you want to talk to me? You know? Yeah. So, so that I'm was a just very, a bad situation. Like, yeah, I'm a very chatty person. So I kind of forced my way through the date. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over. And then yeah. so I, we leave and then we hung out again. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just a rough time. We hung out a couple more times and it just, he was either very passive or overly aggressive. And then he just, or he would, every time I would go over, he would always watch shows that were in Spanish, exclusively in Spanish. Mm. I speak a little Spanish, but not enough to watch a whole TV show on it. And so I wasn't going to be rude, like, well, can you change this? Or can you watch something that I can understand? You Mm -hmm. know, he just, he he had no desire in translating or explaining what was going on. And it was like that every single time. And I just, I felt like 
I was just invited into his world, but he had no intentions of actually opening his world up to accommodate me as a person. Mm-hmm. So I went out, we went out a couple of times. And I was just like, I can't, I just, I don't like you. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> so I think what happens is a lot of people have a misconception when they talk about race. They think that skin tone is the only thing that keeps people from dating outside their race or things like that. But it's not, it's a matter of culture. It's totally different. Personally, for me, I dated outside my race most of my life and my husband is white, beautiful baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cultural thing, right? You could date outside your race, but both of you could be from, I don't know, like upstate New York. You're both your families were raised the same, whatever. You guys could be perfect for each other. But living in Miami, dating sometimes Hispanic guys, it was a cultural difference. That was really what it was. It wasn't a matter of race, color, like anything. It was just a matter of how we grew up and what was expected. And I just found that personally for me, I had um, an ex that ultimately he wanted me to be barefoot in front of the the um stove pregnant all this stuff and I was like that's not me son like (laughs) I'm not the one you're not going to make me someone that's submissive to you and all these things I was like that's just not me that's not what I want I have you know my own friends I have family I have things that I want to do with my life and it doesn't have to revolve around you you are a part of my life my life does not revolve around you so it could be cultural things like that but then I also thought about it and this is something that I've thought about throughout the years is like if you date outside your race primarily are do you feel like and this is a question for me, I guess. I feel like I'm missing out on something. Mm-hmm. You know? True. Like, because I follow some Instagram accounts that are just about Black love and things like that. And I just kind of think about it. I'm like, am I missing out on something? Like, is there a part of that that I'm missing out on? I don't know. But <laughs> I, all I know is, is that I love who I love, you know, yep. and I married who I married and I made a commitment. So really, I mean, and if you guys, my friends and family who have listened, Bill is pretty awesome. So <laughs> there's no question about that. But feel I, I wonder for other people who date outside the race, do you feel like you're missing out on something because you're not dating some someone within your race? I mean, so I haven't dated anyone really like seriously or anything outside of my race other than those handful of dates with that awkward guy. But I have dated people who were from different cultures than I mm-hmm. was, different age groups than I was. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a couple things. Have you ever dated anyone like super younger or older than you? Not super younger. I mean, I think Bill is the oldest that I've dated. I always make a joke with him that I'm just like, hey, you know, when you were going through puberty, I was still dancing around in Cinderella underwear, right? <laughs> he like, <laughs> he hates it. he's like, don't do that. That's so creepy. Don't do that. <laughs> What's like, the age difference? Like how many um, years? He is in six years or five and a half or six years apart well, which is not the mo- I have other friends that I'm are like, kidding. wait, they have a bigger gap. Yeah. And it's it is, it is what it is. I think when you do that, when you, you know, people who commit to sometimes even larger um, gaps in age, you need to be straight up about what you want and you don't want in your life, especially the younger person, because I feel like pregnancy and kids, that always comes up. And sometimes the older person is like, no, I've got kids. I don't want any more. And, the next, and then the younger person is like, well, I thought they would change their mind. And, you know, and I'm like, no, that person told you they yeah. did not want kids. Don't set yourself up for that. Do not do that to yourself. So I dated someone pretty seriously that was considerably younger than me, maybe like five 
five years or something like that. And at first, you know, it didn't, it wasn't that big of an issue. We still had fun. It was like a regular relationship. But as we grew together in like year two, three, and four, I, I started to really see like the immaturity that even though I was older and more mature and had been through more in life, he expected me to constantly be like, oh, you man, tell me what to do. You know, like come to me. <laughs> I'm like, what? I know more than you. Like, no offense, but I've been around, I've been on this earth longer. So mm-hmm. I know more. I've been through more. I've had more jobs than you. I've, I've, and so it became this thing where we had to balance being like submissive or, you know, and not really dealing with our age difference but I started to treat him like a child essentially is, is mm. kind of what happened because he behaved like a child a lot oh and it's like go clean up your room I don't want to clean in my room what? can you please go clean up your room like oh go do the dishes or go wash it and it was like me having to nag and then eventually it was like I felt like I was a mom mm-hmm. and not a partner I think that's what happened with me mm-hmm. but it took a while before that happened and before that the age wasn't even a thing it was more of a thing for other people than it was for us and I never really dated anyone super older than me maybe like one or two two three years nothing like crazy so I really don't have too much experience with that but another big one was the religious differences I I was raised Catholic I'm Christian for the most part I don't really subscribe to one particular religion right now but that's where most of my background comes from and I remember being like I think how old is I was like 20 21 and I met this guy on, oh my God, where did I meet him? It was the Black Planet. I think we met on Black Planet. I think it was Black Planet. And we started talking and he was just really cool. And he lived in New York and he really wanted to get serious. And he's like, I want to marry you. And then all of a sudden his grandmother got really sick. And then she was on her deathbed. And he, he told her about me, but I wasn't, I wasn't a witness. And they were Jehovah Witnesses. And so on her deathbed, she made him promise that he would marry Jehovah's Witness. Oh. And so he was just like, well, you know, so he came back to me and was like, would you be willing to convert? And I was like, not really. Like, if, if it doesn't bother you, I we can still get married. He's like, no, but she made me promise. And I was like, well, who am I to tell you not to honor your grandmother's last dying mm-hmm. wish? So we really cared about each other, but we had to break up. You know, yeah. we broke up. I wasn't willing to convert. He wasn't willing to, you know, go against it. And I, it was, we still like are really cool. Like there's yeah. no drama, no love loss or anything like that. He's a good person. And he married a Jehovah's Witness and they oh, had good. kids and everything else. But now as a much older person, I, I dated a witness recently and it never really even came up. Like we're, we're cool. We're fine. We're good. Like there was no issues. He didn't ask me to convert though. So there wasn't all that pressure. It's been really good. Like, you know, we don't, we don't have those issues. I think it's more about where you are in your life and how accepting you can be of other people's cultural, religious, political views, all that stuff. It just it just kind of depends mm. on where you are. I don't think right now, you, you mentioned political. If I was single right now, I don't think I could date someone that was extremely on the other side of my political views. And it's just because everything is so extreme right now. Like literally, it's just so polar opposite that it's really hard to... I feel like it would be hard to navigate, but I would hope to find someone that meets me in the middle is just like, you know what? I don't necessarily go, you know, completely left or completely right, but somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I, I just don't think I could date someone on the extremes. Political, I just think we're just <sighs> too wild one. right now. The climate is just too intense right now. It, it's it's really scary. There's, there's a big divide right now. So yeah, I don't think I could date anyone that was super conservative. I kind of think that we should be able to do what we want or people can 
make their own choices and that sort of thing. And so a lot of people don't agree with that. So yeah. I, I don't think I could date someone super conservative. I just don't think it would work out just because if you believe in that, you're probably not going to believe in a lot of other things that I believe. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you're probably going to do things that I don't agree with, support things that I don't agree with. And it'll hurt me personally. Mm-hmm. It personally will help hurt me. And I think right now, sometimes those political beliefs, they literally hurt people physically, financially, and it's just too much right now. I think the other thing that we talked about was long distance. Mm. <laughs> Have you done long distance? I did long distance when I was in like my early 20s, a little bit in my mid 20s. But one of those people I'm pretty sure was a catfish. Um <laughs> So I mentioned him earlier. My friend talked to him on like the AOL chat rooms and then he started trying to talk to me and then I moved and I didn't know anyone. He kept on reaching out to me and sending me poetry and I'm a sucker for poetry. So we started talking about the poems. Be still my heart. Be still my beating heart. Uh, So he said he would send me things and what do you think about this and what do you think about that? And I was like, man, he's really deep. I didn't really like him. I had no interest in him. But then eventually after talking for a few months, he had stopped talking to my friend, you know, because he, when I gave him that speech, he was just like, you're right. How can I even try to be like a good guy when I am doing this, you know? So he cut her off and he was just like, yo, I'm not interested in you. I'm never really going to be sorry. And so like fast forward, like a couple of years, he popped into my life and we started talking and we were talking on the phone incessantly. We would go to sleep on the phone. We would wake up on the phone. When we went to work, we would plan our breaks at the same time. We would shower on the phone like it was non-stop that's intense um, bro shower on the phone it? intense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would like send because back then we didn't have netflix at the time so we would send each other dvds and then like time mm. it out and be like ready set click so we could Aww. watch a movie together and like we would send each other these like little care packages but it would be weird because the only time that i would see pictures of him it was like really old pictures or like really grainy and like just kind of like weird and then I never really had his real address. He's like, well, I'm staying with my cousin. So mail this to my cousin. And we never really met. So finally after a year, I was like, we need to just meet up. And then he was like, oh, my aunt died. I had to go to Boston. Or this happened. I had to go here. And he just kept on coming up with excuses. And I was like, okay, something ain't right. I finally broke things off. And he's like, are you sure? Once we do this, never, we're never going to talk again. I was like, Bye. yeah. Bye. And we <laughs> broke up. And I did a little research because a girl he dated after me turned out to be a private detective. What? And she calls me and she was just like, do you know where, what his address is? I'm like, well, this is the address he gave me. She's like, he had a very unique spelling to his name mm-hmm. and we couldn't find anything, not a birth certificate, not a nothing. And she was like, I've done my research. This man does not exist. <gasps> and yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was a catfish. I don't know now wow. because, but yeah, that was my long distance debacle. I love it. That's amazing. (laughs) I love your catfish story. I think it's fucking wild. You have the TV show that they did on MTV, the whole catfish thing. That was really... It wasn't even a thing back then, so I didn't have a name for it until recently. (laughs) Was he a Nigerian prince? (laughs) I I don't know. He was Puerto Rican and black, I think. But I, 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 that's all that I can really say. Puerto Rican black just means that you're black. (laughs) Hispanic and black, I guess. But yeah, pretty much. So, so for long distance, I think it's really interesting. Some people are like, oh no, I could never do that. Like, how could I trust someone so far away? Blah, blah. Look, 
if it's not for you, it's not for you. I've done it a couple times. Uh, okay, look. One time, literally, the spy thing happened. The guy that we were talking about earlier, and you were like, nope, that guy's a spy. He, <laughs> you can't find him anywhere, like, whatever. How me and my husband, actually, before we lived together, I'd only been dating him for, like, eight or nine months. And my parents had sold their house in Miami and my dad was like we're going to denver like do you want to go with us and it was either go to denver find my own place in miami which is expensive af or move in with this guy that i'm just just start dating really essentially and i was like you know what a while back i just got out of a relationship as well a few months back with someone where i played house and i was like i am not doing this again you know unless someone wants to marry me so that was my thing and i was like you know what bye bill <laughs> i'm going to denver and we're gonna be doing long distance unless you don't want to do it we can break up whatever but i'm gonna go to denver and explore see what's going on with life whatever and we actually did it we did long distance for quite some time it worked out perfectly it was hard because we really loved each other and I think he visited me twice and I remember the last time he left, I remember crying so hard when I got in my car because I was just like, why is he leaving? You're like, oh my God. But I told him beforehand when I first started dating him, I was like, I will not move in with another guy unless he has intentions of, of marrying me. I was like, that is just my thing. I'm not doing it because it's a waste of time. And I honestly, I say this to some, I'm the oldest um, of my family. And I say this to my sisters and uh, my brothers, don't play house with someone unless you were feeling like you could really be with this person for the rest of your life because you will waste time. But everyone has to learn at their own pace at the end of the day. But those were my guidelines. And I was like, I'm not going to do this again unless I'm really going to marry this person and they ready to commit to me. And that's exactly what happened. I think I was almost a year in, in Denver and he called me and was like, will you come home? Will you come back? <laughs> and I was like, you know what that means, right? Like we talked about this early on in this relationship. I will not come and live with you unless you have intentions of marrying me. And he was like, I know, I, I know that. And Aww. we did it. You know, it is what it is, you know, years later, but long distance can be successful. That's my thing. You know, like some people are just like, you know, I can never do it with trust. That was a huge thing that people would ask me all the time. And they're just like, well, how do you trust each other? How do you do this? How do you do that? And I'm just like, I don't know. That's my person. So like, I, you know, I could find other people attractive. I just didn't feel like I needed to talk to anyone else. You know, right. I remember when I lived in Denver, I had a guy friend that I met. I can't remember what website it was, but I met him. It was just a guy and we just talked. We just we were friends. I don't think you met him. And that was it. We just talked and he would tell me he was divorced. He had a kid and like, we would just talk and Bill was like, fine with it. Like I told him about the situation and he was just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And the whole point is that if you're going to do something stupid, risk this relationship, then do it. And you're just going to have to see what's going to happen. I mean, trust is trust. I mean, either you trust your partner or you don't. And if you really feel that you have to look over your partner's shoulder all the time, then you have a bigger issue going on. I remember one time, Chris, the guy that does our music for the show, um, he's a really good friend of mine. We've been friends since we were in middle school. He stays every once in a while with me and Bill. One day, Bill was like, can I see your phone really quick? And I just handed it to him. And Chris was like, oh my God, you just gave him your phone like that? He's like, you didn't have a password? I was like, no, there's no password on my phone. And he was like, do you know his password? I was like, yeah, I know his password, whatever. And he's like, damn, that's love right there. Like you like trust him. Like he trusts you with your phone. I was like, 
is this a problem with some people? Like, yeah. I mean, usually because people have stuff to hide. And so like the thought of letting someone on their phone is like, oh my God, you know, like I could never. Right now, having the password to your partner's phone or being able to just grab their phone and do it. I remember a guy friend of mine said that his boy he was in the car with all of them him and his girlfriend and him and anytime he gets a text message if he's in his car he has the phone program to just say the text messages out loud oh, no. and play on speakerphone and mm-hmm. he was like bro your girl's in the car he was like I don't have anything to hide we're yeah. good you yeah. know like there's, there's no one texting me or something that would be inappropriate or yeah. you know if it was a surprise and it's a surprise to both of us like yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, and so but now yeah because how can you be 100% faithful in a world where you have people who want, okay, so one, there's a, now a whole new group of people who enjoy being the side person, mm-hmm. side chick, side dude, whatever. They're like, mm-hmm. I don't want a full commitment. I don't want to have to deal with all this stuff. Maybe I have a kid, maybe I've been married, maybe whatever. I just want like the physical connection whenever I need it, whenever they need it. And that's it. So how do you stay faithful when you have someone who's just like, oh, I don't want you to break up with your partner. I know you're going to be with them and I'm fine with that. I literally want to be the person that you mess with on the side. Let me be that little bit of excitement for yeah. you. But they, so they that, get excitement out of it too. Right. How do you stay faithful in that type of world, I guess, is this is a problem with online dating. And so it's really hard, but I would be fine. Like I put my phone out right now, like no big deal. I don't care. I don't really have secrets like that. Nor is anyone texting or messaging me or calling me that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. I remember I had an ex for <laughs> This is not a good story. Um, I had an Are you going to share it with all of us? <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. Doreen, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking around and I was over his place and I was like, I think I don't know what we were joking around about. He grabbed my car keys, right? And I was like, oh, don't grab my keys. He's like, I got them. You can't get them back. So I grabbed his car keys, right? Mm-hmm. And then he grabbed something else of mine, like maybe a ponytail or something like that, something else of mine. So I grabbed something on his dresser. Then he grabbed my phone. And so I grabbed his phone. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what he grabbed next? Uh-oh. His gun, okay? And what? Was like, yeah, he was like, don't touch my fucking phone. Put it down right now. And like freaked out. What? I was like, he Girl. didn't point it at me. I, let's be clear. It wasn't like he was like, oh my God. in your face. No. Yeah. He just like put his hand on it. I was like, okay. I, I what? We and that playing. was bye Oh, no, we did not stay together. Like that was when I was like, oh, you're legit crazy. Like I thought it was just like a little like funny. Like Mm-mm. it was kind of like that moment with DMX. Everybody has that moment with DMX where you realize that this is not a character that he's playing when he raps and stuff. Like <laughs> this is who he is. We have all had that moment. And I was like, that was my moment in that relationship. I was like, oh, oh, so you're crazy. Okay. Okay. Caught up. Yeah. And we broke up. And that same guy, six years later, never really spoke again after that. Six years later, drove down from DC to me in like Northern Florida, no call, no show, showed up at my apartment, Mm -hmm. never gave him my address and was just like, yeah, I don't know how he got it. And was just like, I really wanted to see if we could just reconnect again. Yeah, he was crazy. So no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Social media in general is just really iffy, but love and trust in general, I mean, it's big. I don't know. I've just always been about the idea of just be upfront about what you want. And I don't get it why people just can't say, hey, 
I just want to date you to see what's going on, or I'm looking for a serious relationship, or I'm just looking for a hookup. There is no problem with just saying what you want because then you're wasting people's time. I agree. But you don't get that again, because people are too busy trying to put out the image of what they think they should be and not who they actually are. And that's what causes a lot of people that are obsessed with like, oh, I'm running game and like, I'm just like the shit and I can just do, it's just like, just tell people what you want. If you just want to sleep with people, just say you want to sleep with people. Like, it's not a big deal now. Just do it. But don't sit there and lie to someone that wants a real relationship. Yeah. So I want to touch real quick on this whole pay for play thing that's going on right now. What in the F? So right now you see there's a lot of like IG models and stuff like that, guys, girls, but mostly women, I'll be honest, um, where they're like half naked, they show off all their goods, they look beautiful, they're amazing. And so all these guys are in their DMs. And it's a Mm -hmm. it's a new mindset of like, what are you going to do for me as a man? Like, if you want to hook up with me, if you want to talk to me, you're going to have to pay for my attention, you're going to have to pay for my time. So you got to cash at me $30, cash at me $100, Mm -hmm. pay for this, pay for that, pay for this. And, and guys have, they're like, okay, so send me more pictures. Okay, let me see it all. And they do it. And so it's this whole, like, it, it's a, it's, it's a whole mentality that I'm just like, what is happening? This is kind of modern day prostitution low key because, but then for them, it's like, okay, but if I tell a guy, Hey, you think I'm beautiful. You want to hook up with me. You need to take me on a nice date. They're going to spend that same amount of money. Right. Mm. So why not get, that's how they think. Like, why not give me that money straight to me? And I don't have to work because Mm. there's enough men that want to talk to me that are willing to pay for my time and attention. Mm. If I keep on messaging you, you need to keep on giving me money and they don't see anything wrong with it. Like at all. And, um, I, again, I'm not doing that. So I can't speak to how, you know, how much it pays for them. But a lot of these women don't work. They, mm-hmm. this is all they do for a living. You know, they're kind of kept women. A lot of the celebrity women that you see on TV, that's kind of how they are able to maintain their bodies or clothes or this or that, like their lifestyles is by having these older men like sugar daddies that mm-hmm. take care of them for either short periods of time or long periods of time in exchange for attention, pictures, services, videos, sex, whatever, you know, I'm not gonna it, lie. It, it's a yeah. transactional relationship. I've joked about this before. I'm just like, maybe I should just lower my standards a little bit <laughs> and <laughs> get in on this because look, <laughs> apparently it pays to just put it all out there. It's hey, wild. You can get a fans only page. Like, did you hear about that girl? What? She. So there was a video of this guy and this girl arguing his roommate was recording it and he was like we're broken up she's like we're oh yeah, together. yeah I, saw that. I made a fans only page like are you gonna pay my bills and they mm. were making fun of her they're like how could you give up your relationship she was like i needed money and people are willing to pay to see me do whatever so what's the big deal like mm. i don't know or girls would get or sometimes guys get get flued out right get flued out what is this <laughs> what are these words you if you to me? If you get flued out, that means you met somebody either online or whatever, they live in a different city and they are paying for you to come to their location or they're going to, you know, but basically, or they're going to pay you or pay for your ticket to go and meet them somewhere else. Okay. Um, okay. So that's like, what I thought. Like, that's what I thought it was when I saw it, when I yeah. saw you write it out, I was like, flued out. This could deal with traveling, but it could be something completely disgusting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The problem with getting flued out, though, is that 
you either may get stuck in that destination and Ooh, like they might buy like true. a one-way ticket and be like oh yeah hit that we good find your way home Ooh. that happens a lot or the guy will be like hey put it on your card i'll give you the cash when you get here mm-hmm. never gives you the money you end up stuck there yeah. was young jock has a sh- uh, radio show and what? Really? yeah he he does like a weird like love and dating relationship advice section every week. And there's one where they're like second date update. So these are usually people who call in who had a first date, everything went amazing and never got a second date, never got a call back. And they're asking him to reach out to these people to get them answers. Yeah. So there was one girl, she said she lived in like Maryland or something. And she met a guy and he flew her out to Atlanta, picked her up, like got her a hotel. He was like, I'm not even going to stay there with you. I want you to feel safe picks her up they grab something to eat she said everything went really well he dropped off at the hotel and was like I need to take care of some business on like Friday and she never saw him again the whole time she was here like wow. he never came back <laughs> and so wow. she calls young jock and he was just like the guy admits he was like I saw all these pictures of her and they were just there were so many filters and this like when she got here she had really bad skin and she he's like she did not look anything like her pictures at mm. all she knew what she was doing when she sent yeah. me all those pictures and he's like I I feel like I was nice enough mm-hmm. to still pick her up pay for the hotel I got her uh, you know an Uber to make sure she got back to the airport but like I didn't want to see her again mm. I could have been like oh no I'm out you know he's like yeah. I didn't do that I just and so she was like, I can't help my skin looks this way. And she got really emotional. I felt so bad. And I'm like, that's the problem with getting flued out when you're not being honest, honest. about who you are and what yeah. you look like. Yeah. So that, ha- that, that has happened. Chet, what's his name? What's the guy who, who did uh, the movie where he was, he, they just had a coronavirus. Mm. Rita, Rita Wilson. And what? he was, please edit this out. Um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. We're gonna find out. Would Jabby edit this out? Not Survivor. He was in the um, Castaway. Wait, Tom Hanks. You got yes. Thank Are you about like, Chet Hanks? Yes. His so son, Hanks, his wild son. Chet Hanks, who likes to talk in like a Jamaican accent. Oh my God! Time. Plot twist, Chet. <laughs> he got caught up in some mess because he flew out a couple girls, no. and like they called him out online. Like he flew out like two girls, like and her friend or something, uh-huh. and they like called him out online, and he was like, "Hell yeah, I did!" And we had a great time. Like he he was not ashamed at all. Chet He's is wild. Character. Yes, don't mess with him. <laughs> All right, what about horoscopes? Do you give any creed or credit to like, oh my God. horoscopes? All right, look here. I don't want anything to do romantically with a cancer. <laughs> I don't want, oh God, what else is it? I can't remember. Oh, a Leo. I want nothing to do with y'all. Like, forget it. Don't want it. Miss me don't with that it. bullshit. Okay. That's nonsense. I will fuck with a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I am an earth sign. I'm a Taurus and Taurus, we are known for being grounded down to earth, but also very sensual. So, and apparently Scorpio is like similar, like fiery, things like that. So I fucks with a Scorpio. My husband is a Virgo Leo. So like his Leo side, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> but his Virgo side, wait, no, not Virgo Leo. Um, What's the Oh, God. Look, you tell me yours, and then I'm going to look it up while I look this up. Hold on. So I'm a Sagittarius. And for when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, my God, what's your sign? But I would go online 
<laughs> I would go online and like look up if our signs are compatible and like do like the matches with our birthdays and all that stuff. But the older I got, the less I really like gave a lot. I'm just like, yeah. honestly, like doesn't really matter. And then I had a guy flat out tell me he was, I don't really believe in signs because how does what day I came out of my mom's vagina affect my personality? I was like, whoa, that's, that's a whole lot to say right there. Like, it's very, <laughs> very to the point. Yeah. Not, and so I, mean, I was like, I get what you're wrong? saying. Is it, no. And it's like, is it nature versus nurture? Like, I don't know. So I don't really, I don't pay attention as much anymore. If I'm bored, I'm like, let me see if we're compatible. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, but I don't really give it too much thought. And But I will say that when I did do those things, they did kind of seem spot on with some of the issues, but it's more of a, is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? You read this and so you make those things happen because yeah. that's what you believe is going to happen. So I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. That's yeah. like, literally, we could do a whole show about horoscopes. Yes. It's so weird. But yeah, no, I was right when I said Leo Virgo. So like, he's a Leo Virgo cusp kind of thing. But oh, Gemini, that's the other one, too, that I'm not, I've dated Gemini, did cancer. Mm-mm. My sister is a cancer, too. And so is my son. I am terrified that I have a son that is a cancer. Okay, <laughs> let's just side note this. Cancers are moody AF. <laughs> Okay. Just saying. All right. I don't know. Zodiacs. I mean, the whole 70s thing. Hey, baby, what's your sign? It's not a thing. It's fun. You know, yes. to talk about. And, you know, I look at things like that sometimes. And it's just something fun at the end of the day. Personally, to me, it's not something that's true. Do I think that people spiritually and all that are meant to be together? Yeah, of course. But I don't know. Horoscopes. I don't think horoscopes can say too much about you know, your relationship or what it's going to be like. What else do we have? I guess the next thing we could talk about is like therapy and communication in a relationship and how, what that actually kind of looks like. I feel like this is out of dating, right? So we're past dating. This is like serious relationships. I have decided I am going to play house. You know, now you're a fiance or you're married or, you know, things like that. You are fully quote unquote committed to this person. So now how do we get through all these changes in our relationship. You go through the honeymoon phase. Hey, you know what? You look great every freaking day. Your toes, they smell amazing every day. They smell like so roses. Your breath. <laughs> your breath, morning breath is not a thing. <laughs> Once you get past that, especially if you're younger, when you decide to make a commitment to someone, you have a lot of growing to do. You are not fully developed mentally until your mid-20s, I believe. I can't remember what the ages are, and I'm not going to look it up because I'm not on that subject today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Look it up yourself. Bye. <laughs> no, no, come back. But you're going through all these changes. What gets you through these things? What gets you through all these challenges? What gets you through these kids and, you know, different types of jobs? And even right now, I mean, we talked briefly about quarantine. Like, what gets you through these hard things in life? So I think that this is something I have to learn a lot about is how to maintain long-term relationships and building a solid enough foundation where you can handle a couple cracks mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of keep going. So I think you can definitely be the one to answer most of oh, this God. topic and talk about no. it because you're doing it. You're living it every day. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I should go Unlike some you, of right? these. I'm going to go grab Bill right now and be like, help, send help. <laughs> what are we doing right now? I don't know what we're doing. 
<laughs> I was reading an article and it was saying how all of these celebrities have broken up during the quarantine just randomly. Like Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green, oh, they yeah, broke yeah. up. But they and, were going to be, they were messed up before the quarantine. Like yeah, they broken that, that up 20 and all year, that stuff. 20 year age difference probably didn't help. 20? It's something ridiculous. He's like, like that. a vampire then because he looks damn good. Yeah, he has aged a very well. <sighs> and then there was Cara Delevingne and her now ex, Ashley Benson. And then there was Wait. also Ooh, Ashley Benson. That was just her partner, Cara Delevingne with the eyebrows and the fierce. Mm, that's right. That's right. Um, and then the last one was Mary Kay Olsen and then her older husband. And like that wow. has turned into like drama. She had to submit like an emergency filing to like maintain her property in New York because he wanted to kick her out. It was on mouse. But you guys that there, is also, so. I'm sorry, but that is her relationship with that guy and also her sister's husband. That's the whole age difference thing too. Like those guys are much older than them. Mm-hmm. And I read a snippet of an article that apparently kids were an issue with this whole thing. And I don't know. Celebrity gossip is celebrity gossip, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you, know, you get an age, again, with that age gap, like if you have a huge age gap, kids come up, you know? And a lot of young women, they're like, oh, I can deal with it. Or they think the man is going to change. Girl, if he said he doesn't want any more kids, he doesn't want any more kids. What about Alex Baldwin? He's had like six kids with his new wife. Oh my God. And he is up there. <laughs> she is, He's the energizer bunny, right okay? <laughs> Jesus. He's an exception. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you guys have figured it out. You know, like you guys have, have found a way to kind of maintain your communication. And you know, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You're not aiming for perfection. You're aiming for harmony. And no. Just, yeah. No. It's a lot of, no, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's a lot of growth, a lot of talking. Oh my gosh. So I will say one thing, my husband and I, I don't think we have any real secrets at all. I remember one time when we were moving out of one of our places um, down in Florida and I was packing all of our stuff up and I found this this little box or whatever and had a bunch of stuff in it and I looked at it and I was like, this looks personal. And yeah, I could have gone through it. I could have read all these things, but I didn't. And, but I mentioned it to him later and I was like, Hey, what's in there? He was like, uh, he was like, this is just stuff from like ex-girlfriends or whatever. And all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I was like, because, and I didn't think anything else of it. I was like, that's cute. And I was like, because I also have, you know, old stuff from old boyfriends and stuff like that. in like a little box somewhere. And he's never looked in mine. I've never looked in his because we've already told each other all these things you've right. already learned. And that was the big thing is when we met, both of us said we're coming out of really difficult situations and we were trying to learn from that. And I think that was the greatest foundation that we had was that we were trying to better ourselves as partners and as people. So yeah, we don't really have to, I mean, like we talk, we've talked up and down about everything, the things that we did wrong in our relationships, the things that hurt us, the things that we would like to do in the future, you know, just everything and i feel like that is the biggest reason for where we are right now i mean are we so, perfect hell not <laughs> so in my last year's relationship i remember the first year was just perfect it was fine like i wasn't the happiest but i was like i can pretend it's cool and then i remember him being like you know what we don't fight we don't argue i'm just very bored with you like you're just too nice like you're too nice all the time you're always just so agreeable and like he's like you're just kind of boring like i need a little more fire a little more passion from you and i was like I have been holding back all of this rage and you want, do you want it? Okay. You want this rage, boy? Okay. 
And so I started getting upset and I would actually show my feelings. And then I remember like a year after that, he was like, you remember when I told you that you should get angry more? I regret that. And I was like, hey, surprise, hey. surprise. Hi. Like I was trying to keep the peace, but you want, you want the smoke? Here you go. Here it is all for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but we were, I was so honest. I was oh. honest. I didn't really lie or anything like that to him, but I don't necessarily believe in a hundred percent honesty in long-term relationships. I just no, within yeah. reason. Yes. Like, I want to say within reason. Don't blatantly lie to your partner, but like you don't yeah. have to tell him every little thing. It's, yeah. That's okay. You know, because like, okay, what do you do when your best friend's like, girl, please don't tell anybody. This is my no, secret. No, yeah, like, that's please. different. Yeah, there has to be a line a little yeah. bit. Yeah, there's definitely a line. Like, don't think that means I'm telling him every single thing that happens during my day. That is silly. But definitely, you know, the things that are important. Honestly, we learned a lot by talking about our past relationships and what happened, what didn't happen, what what made us happy, what didn't make us happy. You know, he takes it to heart. I take it to heart. So I can, you can listen to each other and just be like, look, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And this is what I want in the future. And either you're on board or you're not. And most so, more people need to do that. I think a lot of couples are afraid to have those conversations about past relationships. They're like, oh, I don't want to know about your past girlfriend. I don't yeah. want to know about your past boyfriend. And I'm like, that's a downfall. Like you don't need to know all the nitty gritty things, but to an extent you need to know what went wrong or what went right. What are the things that you enjoyed? Because these are the things that make your partner who they are. Talk about it a little bit, something. <laughs> well, I, this is something that I, I always say to all of my friends whenever they ask me for advice. And I say that when communicating with someone that you love, whether it be family or friends or your partner, when you are communicating with someone you love, anger should be the last resort. It should never be the first way that you try to resolve an issue is to get angry. Yeah. Because when you're angry and you're yelling and screaming at someone, they're automatically going to get defensive. It's a natural mm -hmm. reaction. And you're not actually listening to the other person or trying to solve any problems. You're just trying yeah. to win. Yeah. So use anger as a last resort. That would be my advice. Now, sometimes it's kind of hard to communicate when people feel hurt or betrayed. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say you get cheated on, you know, can you recover a relationship after getting cheated on? Here's my example. If a car is wrecked, if you're involved mm -hmm. in a crash and it's all messed up, you can rebuild that car, you can rebuild that engine, but it's never going to be exactly the same again. And you've lost a lot of value. Yeah. But you can repair enough that it works and it drives and you can take it from point A to point B and no one else would see the damage if you get it all fixed up. I think it takes a lot of work, a lot of work and a lot of patience and communication and trying to understand what led to those issues to fix it. Do you think you can heal a relationship after someone's unfaithful? Yes and no. Okay. I think it depends on the reason for the infidelity and what is the relationship with the third party. Is it an emotional attachment? Or is it just physical? Like there's no generalization for it at the end of the day. Sometimes there's kids involved, you know, and that can be very, very tricky. But I think that if you really feel that your relationship is worth fighting for, I think that you can make it work. I think that if you really feel that you love that person, you owe it to yourself and that person to take the steps that you need to so that you guys can heal from this and move forward. Some people want to go to therapy and sometimes that just means figuring it out on your own. I I am all about people going to therapy. If you feel like your relationship is just too much for the two of you to handle and you don't feel like you guys are communicating the right way, go to therapy. We really need to just get rid of this stigma 
that therapy is something to be ashamed of. It is 2020. Go out and if you really need to either do therapy by yourself or, you know, together, whatever you need to do, do your due diligence to make sure you live your best life and that you are happy with the relationship you're in. Infidelity or not, it's a fight. The whole thing is a struggle because I think we're fighting against biology. We're fighting against the whole procreation and yeah, seven year itch is a real thing. Like that biological need to have a diverse DNA pool and to spread your seed amongst all these different people. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real thing. And so you are kind of fighting. You're yeah. fighting your, you're fighting your biological impulses to choose someone. But yeah. that's what all relationships are: is waking up every day and choosing your partner. Yeah. I mean. So what are some like strategies that you can do to be successful in healing a relationship after infidelity? You got some for me? I don't know. I mean, like there's a couple of things. When I looked this up, the biggest thing that I thought of was if you decide after an infidelity occurs, if you decide to move forward with your partner and you literally look at them and go, okay, we are going to work this out, you know, no matter what happened, whatever, do not, and I mean, do not revolve your whole relationship around this infidelity for the rest of your life the carrots are burned you didn't cook the carrots right well that bitch you know i bet she cooked the carrots right <laughs> you know, like, well, some people will use cheating know? as a form of power over their partner yeah like you don't get to question me you don't get to tell me no ever if i want this ever again yeah me. if i did that you know and they hold it over their heads and it becomes this, you know now i i hold all the cards and you just yeah. have to do what i tell you to do they exactly do or the cheater feels like they deserve that too. First of all, you have to do whatever that person says for the rest of your life, you yep. know, no matter what, especially if there's kids you're just like, Oh God, I really messed up. And you know, I should just stay here for the kids and all dude, if it's not working, it's not working. Like really get to the root of what happened. Was it just a miscommunication? Was it just you guys growing apart for a little moment? There's so many things that it could be, but what works for you guys works for you guys. I saw there's an article and it said that one of the things you shouldn't do is ask your partner for detail of the infidelity. And I was like, Ooh. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence of the, about that. I would want to know. I would want, yeah, I kind of want to, the details I want to, oh, okay. First of all, I want to know, first of all, was it emotional or was it just physical or you both. know or both yeah what was it and so what what made you do that so that's part of healing right i i need to know what were, what were you missing from me that made you do this yep. not talking about it at all some people choose that path where they're just like it happened and then they just kind of quietly move on with their lives and just avoid that subject altogether like i don't understand that <laughs> But I'm sure there's some people that do that. If you're going to make it try and make it work past that, holding the grudge is not going to help you. You know, if you find yourself at the end of the day, you tried to make it work and it didn't work, then just let it go. So I think that in general, relationships are tough. Once you get past the, all of the trials and tribulations of dating and like narrowing down your partner and picking that person, being with that person and then, you know, getting serious with that person, possibly living together, getting married. Relationships are hard. It is a real commitment to another human being, but that's the whole point is if you're sick, if you're healthy, if you're sad, if you're happy, you have this person that's always right there cheering you on or helping you get through things or, you know, helping you live your life and making your life better and giving you that sense that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who aren't in relationships and they're getting older, they just feel like this sense of, "Ah, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what's the 
point of all this? Yeah. It, it can't give you a sense of purpose. Kids can too, of course, but yeah. we're talking about love and relationships. So we're going to stick to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's work. Everything in this life that is worth having, it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have. So lessons that we have learned from relationships. My biggest thing, and I'm all about it, um, you have to protect yourself first and foremost, especially in our day and age. I mean, you have online dating, you have catfishing or what was the one you said? Kitten fishing. Kitten fishing. <laughs> Kitten fishing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've never heard of that. You taught me so much about the social media life, (laughs) but you really have to protect yourself. Be aware of what your boundaries are, you know, and stick to them. People, I know, and I understand that things sound so good. Sometimes like someone will say the right thing at the right time. Sounds great. But at the end of the day, you really have to remember to trust your instincts, trust your gut, make sure that you stick to the things that are important to you as a person so that you don't fall victim to someone who mistreats you and someone that is just not right for you. Because if you're right, get out, go. If you get the serial killer feeling, go. Just go. Chuck the deuces and I listen to too many true crime podcasts, okay? <laughs> I have heard too many podcasts about long-term relationships that turn into holy mess, okay? So just go. And then at the end of the day, I said it before, make sure you're upfront about what you want. Don't try and think that you're going to change someone. Just, you know, you may be charming and gorgeous and beautiful and we all are, trust me. I know everyone is unique in their own way. But if someone tells you A and you want them to get to B, you better just believe them that they want A. I know it's scary to be upfront about what you want. It could be really intimidating to say that to someone. But if you're honest, you're going to save yourself so much time and so much pain later on. You have nothing to lose by being honest to someone. Just a few things I learned. What about you, Dorian? I learned to listen to the words that people say and not necessarily read into too much of like their actions. So if someone's like, hey, I don't want a serious relationship, but then they proceed to treat you like a serious relationship and call you their girl and their wifey and this and that and blah, blah, blah. They said what they meant. And whether their actions agree with that doesn't matter because if you get caught up, they're going to be like, well, remember we talked and we're not together. So listen to what people say. Make sure that you guys are on the same page. Again, set boundaries and don't lose yourself in a relationship. You are your own person. And whether you're single or in a relationship, you are still worthy. You still have value. You can always continue to work and better yourself. Don't allow your entire personality to be caught up in who this person is or feel like you can't be single because you don't have any value if you're not in a relationship that is incorrect we we are all valuable like tracy ellis ross did a ted talk where she talks about this i really strongly suggest that anyone who's struggling with this listen to it she talks about how even as beautiful and as talented as she is how she felt like because she didn't have value because society said she wasn't married and she didn't have kids and all this and she wasn't in a serious relationship but you do and those are things that i have learned and like just pay attention to what someone says i really cannot stress that enough so what else have i learned in this whole love and relationships be who you are try to be a genuine person and also more importantly when you meet others show that real side of yourself to them Like no one wants that pretend person of who you wish you could be. Who are you now? So that you guys can grow together. But if you present yourself as something that you're not, then no one's ever really going to get to know you or see you. Don't tell me that you have a security company and really (laughs) you're just the homeboy that got hired to be the bouncer for the one night. (laughs) Atlanta, man. (laughs) It is. Slim pickings. 
gosh. I really feel like we could just have like hours and hours of this conversation just go on and on different subjects of romance. And we probably will. Maybe we'll come back to this at some point, update some information. For right now, this is what we have. Yeah. <laughs> um, love relationships. This is actually probably our longest conversation we've had for the podcast. Yes. I'm pretty sure my husband right now is upstairs hungry because dinner is halfway done. <laughs> But um, that is it for this week. But before I mention all the other business that we have going on, I want to mention that we have an interactive listener episode that we are working on and we're kind of planning on making it a normal part of our routine as time goes on. But look out for more information on that in the coming weeks. The best way to get details is to visit ebenistas.com and sign up for our mailing list. We will have that up and running shortly. If you haven't done so yet, please rate us on your favorite podcast platforms, especially on iTunes. When you do that, it allows us to be seen by more listeners and get, you know, all the content out to everyone. Also, I want to mention last week we had our podcast on the coronavirus, iCorona, and we have our music playlist on Spotify. I told Lorena, I was like, by the way, did you know that Todrick Hall, who is an awesome artist out right now, he has an EP that came out that's called Quarantine Queens, and it is amazing. It's literally just a bunch of dance tracks all about being in quarantine and the shit show that is happening right now. So definitely check out the playlist. We have a couple of his songs on there, but I went down a rabbit hole with him that night. I was supposed to be editing the show. I mean, an hour later, Bill was like, really? Really? Because like, <laughs> Patrick Hall is just, he's so talented. He's so cool. But if you haven't seen him, check him out. Otherwise, that is it. That was fun. That was a lot of information, dude. It was. Do you guys want to hear more? Let us know. Check <laughs> us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and email email us ebenesis at gmail.com give us your feedback let us know what you think let us know what you want to hear oh don't let anyone pee in your bed either <laughs> please don't never again <laughs> never again don't let them pee in your head <laughs> my god all right guys we'll see you next week or we'll talk to you next week we can't see them it's a podcast Duh. yeah peace <laughs> bye oh the ebenesis podcast was created, written, recorded, and produced by Gabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions.